You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. everybody happy thursday or happy friday eve however you want to celebrate that welcome to clapback culture i'm your girl jules jesse um and so happy to be here on clapback culture this thursday with all of y'all what it do what it do darnell i see you in here ronnie what's up sis i know you out there catching these flights um but thank you for tuning in to today's show I got a lot on the menu for you guys because, listen, Darnell then sent me a bunch of Instagrams with everything that's going on in the world. And, of course, I had to come through and talk about plenty of them. But I know you guys heard about this. Um, and this is actually a horrifying and heartbreaking story um, that has been all over our news cycle. Um, and 53 out of 64 migrants were found dead in a trailer due to no air conditioning and the degrees in t- in Texas went all the way up to 104. Um, so that is horrifying and heartbreaking, you guys. The families from Mexico and Central America are desperately, desperately seeking word um, for their loved ones from authorities to figure out who was actually in the trailer. And, you know, they have the grim task of identifying those bodies, you guys. Um, The tractor trailer was a trailer that was uh, originally used as a refrigeration truck, um, but that truck was not working. And so it's being alleged that the the trailer had been abandoned um, and those individuals um, were really just kind of left there um, at their own accord. Um, there have been some arrests made, which is a good thing. Uh, the truck's alleged driver, his name is Homero Zamb- Zambarayo Jr. He's a 45-year-old Texan native, um, and he was arrested um, near the scene. Um, he's charged in a criminal complaint with one count of alien smuggling resulting in death. So this charge, you guys, he's looking at Um, either life in prison or the death penalty. So not only was he charged, but they traced the tags back um, to two other individuals in a home nearby um, to two Mexican nationals. And they have also been arrested in connection to this. So this is a tragic story, you guys. Um, I really feel like President Biden had some great sentiments to share that I at least share Um, with him this time. And he said, exploiting vulnerable individuals for profit is shameful, as is political grandstanding around tragedy. And my administration will continue to do everything possible to stop human smugglers and traffickers from taking advantage of people who are seeking to enter the United States um, and other ports of entry. So here's the thing. I had a video to share with you guys, but because it has been playing so much in the news cycle, I don't think we need to continue to um, play that over again with all of the details. But you guys, I mean, this is one of those tragic situations 
where we are seeing individuals coming into this country and really being exploited. I mean, they're paying eight to ten thousand dollars to come into the United States. And so when we have these kind of conversations, um, we do need to be thinking of the human factor in this. Right. This is a humanitarian thing that we're talking about, as well as an immigration thing. So we need to look at two sides of the coin. Um, Fifty three pe people um, as of Wednesday have passed away due to this out of the 64. So we are praying for those other individuals um, at this time. And, you know, you know, this is this is tough. This is a tough one. All right. Moving on to some other grim news, but I got to put somebody on blast, you guys. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I was shocked and appalled. There was a Subway customer that has been arrested in Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, it happened in Atlanta. Um, after shooting two employees at a Subway, killing one of them, a 26-year-old girl, um, and another employee, you guys, for having too much mayonnaise on the sandwich. So this is this is the this is the idiot who did this. Um he was finally arrested. Uh police found out that, you know, he fired his handgun at two of the workers. So 20 the 26-year-old girl who I mentioned, she died from her wounds. The other employee was a 24-year-old girl. Um she is in critical condition and you guys, her 5-year-old child was in the store at the time of the shooting. So that's two on the 10. I mean, listen, shout out to um, people that go to Subway, but it's giving, you're 26 years old. You could, you know, you're probably just figuring out your life. I mean, I can understand confrontations happening in like fast food joints, but listen, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, but we don't want to have conversations about gun reform. I mean, what the hell is going on? Like you're working at a Subway, like, the most casual kind of job, just making sandwiches and you die making someone's sandwich incorrectly because of too much mayonnaise is giving ridiculous. Like it's too much. It's literally too much. Um, we we got to do better, you guys. Atlanta, y'all got to do better. I don't want to hear any more of these kind of tragic and horrific stories, but I got one more for you. Okay, so let me warm you guys up with a little bit more, because guess what? I got a lot of tea to spill in our second half, but I thought this was um, this was pretty heartbreaking. Um, a family is claiming that an LAPD officer died um, in a training because he was beaten to death. Did you guys hear about this? The incident actually happened in May. Um, this is 32-year-old Houston Tipping. He's there pictured with his family. Um, I believe that to be his wife. According to the wrongful death claim filed against the city by his mom, by Tipping's mom, the Los Angeles police officer uh, died of neck injuries, suffered during training. He had been beaten by fellow officers in an exercise meant to simulate a mob. Can you imagine? He had been an officer for about five years, you guys. Young guy, 32 years old, like I said. Um, according to LAPD, he was acting as a bike instructor at the academy, working through a training scenario that involved grappling with another officer. He, during the demonstration, tipping apparently fell, resulting in a catastrophic spinal cord injury. This is crazy. 
I mean, this is really, really, really sad stuff, you guys. So the family is going after LAPD. They are filing um, the, the wrongful death suit. Um, and really, the claim just continues to allege that the training exercise had already been in question. Um, I don't know why they want to train to um, be attacked and simulate a mob, but maybe they need to go and practice some de-escalation tactics, okay? Because we're seeing a lot of these protests and people are getting thrown around. So if they're willing to kill their own in a simulation, imagine what's gonna happen out here in these streets. Uh, so that is questionable. It is something that we should continue to talk about. And yeah, it's giving, I'm not here for it. All right, I got some updates on Ghislaine Maxwell, you guys. She was finally sentenced. And I'm a I can't say that I'm shocked. Um, but she was sentenced to 20 years in prison for her role in the Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking scandal. So you guys know she was the well, we'll call it what it is. She was the girlfriend to Jesse uh to um to Epstein, to Jeffrey Epstein. Um Ghislaine Maxwell's 60 years old, you guys. So she got another 20. Sis is not coming out to see the light of day anytime soon. Um, but she spoke at the sentencing and she listened. She had a lot to say. And she's, you know, really emphasized with the victim. She tried to um, really uh, separate herself from the incidents that happened. So she's still not accepting um, her role in all of this. Um, and she and she really says, you know, her greatest regret in life is that she ever met uh, Jeffrey Epstein. But come on now. I mean, you didn't feel that way when you was traveling all over the world, you know, bringing him girls. Um, she further slammed him and described him as someone who's manipulative, cunning and controlling, um, who lived a profoundly compartmentalized life. OK, but she was with him all day, every day. And so. We can't distance ourselves, right? Like we are the company we keep, okay? There's just no way around that. And um, she, you know, was giving a lot of toxic energy and she was bringing that around and really continuing to support um, Jeffrey Epstein in everything that he did. And I don't feel bad for her. Um, I think 20 years um, is, you know, it's actually above the sentencing guidelines. So I, I don't agree with that. Um, I do believe that they should have stayed within the guidelines of what she was um, or what she was convicted of. So they did go outside the guidelines. Um, her attorneys asked for five years. The prosecutors asked for 15. The judge sat down and gave her 20. Uh, so I don't like that. I will say I don't like that. Um, last but not least, another person went up to court, y'all, and got sentenced. Shout out to all the black and brown girls out there celebrating. Um, it's finally over for the disgraced R&B singer R. Kelly. It's over, y'all. He got sentenced to 30 years in federal prison for racketeering and sex trafficking charges. Okay. They say that the survivors were outside they, of the courtroom. They held hands and prayed as the U.S. Uh, District Judge and Donnelly began reading his sentence. So they they gave a powwow outside the courtroom and held in prayer, okay? Um, I don't feel no type of way about R. Kelly, okay? I mean, a lot of things came out in the five-week trial. 
We do know that as young as six and seven years old, he was continuously sexually assaulted. Um, we did learn um, based on what he disclosed to a, a psychotherapist that he was sexually abused by his sister repeatedly. Um, he was forced to have sex with his sister and also a landlord um, at a very young age for a number of years. Um, so that wasn't necessarily new information, but confirmed information. Um, a lot of things were brought up because, you know, uh, he is illiterate. He's unable to read. And they, you know, kept saying that that was had a lot to do with why he became who he became. And I do agree that some of that is true. Right. We are of our environment. All of our experiences continue to make up who we are. But that doesn't give us a pass. Right. Like this. He is being sentenced to this 30 years for decades of abuse on young girls, on minors, right? And so we do have to take that into consideration. So uh, Javante Cunningham, a former backup singer for Kelly, had this to say, um, and they said, I started this journey 30 years ago. Um, there wasn't a day in my life until this moment that I actually believed that the judicial system would come through for black and brown girls. I stand here very proud of my judicial system, very proud of my fellow survivors and very pleased with the outcome. So the, the victims in this case or the survivors in this case are actually very happy. Um, you guys know this comes, you know, full circle. They did an entire documentary on surviving R. Kelly. If you guys have not seen that series, you guys need to tap in. It's very good, very good, very horrific, very heartbreaking, but very insightful if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and then there's always the fan, y'all. There's always the crazy ass fan who just does way too much. Um, prosecutors were facing threats all the way up until the end. And they had to arrest a Chicago man who um, pulled up to the Brooklyn trial, you guys. He was arrested and charged for making threats against three of the U.S. attorneys who prosecuted Kelly, you guys. They did their research. Okay, so he was arrested on Saturday. His intent was to pull up on the day of sentencing and shoot the attorneys. And they know that because your boy bought a gun off a cash app and in the cash app description, he put um, 30 rounds dot, 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 free R. Kelly. How stupid can you be, bruh? Like it just gives like you're doing way too much. Number one, like you don't even know R. Kelly. Number two, why are you like, you can't be that invested. Okay, like we, we gotta we gotta have it has to be a line, a boundary somewhere, you guys. Like that's just giving way to invested. Okay. Um he had multiple transactions in terms of purchasing not only a firearm, but the ammunition. And like I said, in the description in his cash app, he was letting people know what they do. Can I just say for the record, when I use Cash App, I usually just use emojis because I don't wanna be able to go back and look at what I sent the money for, okay? Unless, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm doing anything illegal, but it just ain't nobody's business, you know what I'm saying? So use some discretion, you guys. If you don't have to say, don't say. Um, but don't be Christopher Gunn, okay? Don't be that guy. I mean, I know the beehive is out there supporting Beyonce, but listen, don't jump out the window like that. So now you're going to jail. Maybe he'll get to see R. Kelly while he's in there. I don't know. Um, but that would be great, right? I mean, the, the super fan, you get to be locked up 
with, you know, and fanboy with R. Kelly the whole time, you know, that that might work out. So that wraps it up. I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell doing 20 years, R. Kelly doing 30, you guys. Sexual assault is giving like you won't get that time. OK, um, I don't know. Well, look, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, y'all. I got so much to talk about for Do It For The Culture. We got the versus battle that took place last Thursday, child. And of course, the BET Awards came through and there is a lot to talk about. So stay tuned. You are watching Clapback Culture. Everyone's invited to the prom. From the creators of the Book of Mormon, Elf and the Drowsy Chaperone, the prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again. So full of happiness that you think your heart is about to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate. On sale now. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. Thank you for tuning in this Thursday with me. I was looking in the comments, you guys, during uh, the break, and I see Harry Jefferson dropped a really good question. So before we jump into the verses, um, if we could throw that comment up. So whose crimes were worth, Ghislaine or R. Kelly? Who should have received the most time? All right, y'all, pull up in the comments and let me know your responses to that. Me personally, um, I would I would say that R. Kelly's was worse. Here is why. Because R. Kelly is the actual perpetrator. Um, but even when I say that out loud, I think about Ghislaine Maxwell and I think about to be a woman and to um, use your womanhood to bring in young women and to have them break down that wall right? Because we have that wallet. When we're with other women, we feel like, oh, okay, we're more safe. Like there's a safe zone. Um, and so I think about how she was able to break that wall down, that barrier down, and then just serve these young girls up on a platter to Jeffrey Epstein. So I don't know if it's a matter of apples to oranges um, in this situation or apples to apples. Maybe it is apples to oranges, but I think they are both horrific um, but I would I probably have to stand on R. Kelly because he is the actual perpetrator. But, Harry, let us know what you think. Who who do you think um, is worse, if you will? Let us know why. Um, and yeah. And, and, and should they have received the most time? Again, I am not for people being sentenced outside of the sentencing guidelines. OK, we so as far as her receiving that 20 year sentence, I'm not down for that. It is what it is. I mean, I think 15 years for what she did probably would have been good um, considering it was the highest within the guidelines. So I'm not sure why the judge decided to put an extra five on top of that. But again, uh, to Darnell's point, she betrayed a lot of young girls um, and so did R. Kelly. R. Kelly used his fame uh, to really grab a lot of young girls and and really even their parents, right? Like he seduced a lot of parents to get these young girls and use his fame and access and opportunities and power uh, to bring that in. Jeffrey Epstein just as much. And I think Ghislaine Maxwell just as much too. When you have access to that power and that fame um, and the, that one percenter kind of like that world, you can really draw in a lot of people. But let's table that there. 
Oh, I did have one other thing too, you guys. I missed this, but we got to talk about it. Okay, look. California is giving out stimmies, you guys, because of inflation. But the math ain't mathin', y'all. It really is not mathin'. So I originally was going to bring this story to you guys with a bit of excitement, right? Because what they're saying is, is that 200 and, uh, uh, sorry, any California resident that makes under $250,000 a year is eligible for this stimulus, this inflation refund check. So I was like, okay, but it says up to $1,050. And I was like, up to $1,050. So then I write a little bit deeper. Governor Newsham, listen, stop what you're doing. They put together and agreed on a $17 billion plan to provide struggling residents with a little bit of relief, right? To help support them with the high cost of gas prices and this and that. But y'all, like I said, the math ain't mathing. If you make $75,000 or less, you're only going to receive $350. That's two gas tanks. Put that picture up, Cuddy. Put the overlay back up. Do you guys see how high this gas is? The gas prices are going back up in July, okay? This is in an area of the Golden State, you guys, including Alpine and Mono counties near the border of Nevada, but still in California. And regular gas is $6.55. And if you're like me who have to pay premium, $6.69. I need more than $350 now. You can have that $350 back. That's a slap in the face. I see why this is not making big attention, okay? I really thought, you know what? A good stimmy, a good $1,000 stimmy, no baby, $350. The average person in California who's making $75,000 a year, that like that's like not even a great salary in the state of California, but it's probably like average. $350, that's three Phillips here in Washington, D.C. That's two Phillips if you got to use premium. So California, stop what you're doing. Please don't don't roll that out that we're giving 23 million Californians a stimmy. Uh-uh. Nah, 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 nah. Um, I'm not here for it. But what I am here for was that good versus battle, y'all. Did you guys see it? Because listen, I had to watch all the recaps. I didn't even get a chance to ask Cuddy if he watched it, but he's such a music head. I know he did. Um, and if you are a millennial child like myself, honey, to see Omarion go against Mario was like such a big deal. Okay. My group chat was going crazy. All of us girls were talking about it. And guess what? I had no idea Omarion could not sing. So for those of you who don't know what Versus is, let me um, put you onto the culture because I know we got some allies in the building. Okay. Um, Versus is a battle that basically consists of two artists going head to head, right? And so when they go head to head, they drop their like hottest tracks, um, whether it be their, you know, their original song or a feature, but anyway, their hottest hits, okay? And they go toe to toe. It's like 20 songs, so back to back. So I go, you go, I go, you go. Um, but it got a little bit awkward during this versus battle, okay? Because there was like this two and a half hour pre-show that included Brandy's brother, Ray J, okay? Uh, uh, Bobby Valentino, Sammy, Pleasure P, and child, they even brought out Jeremiah and Omarion set, and baby, Ray J. Mm -mm. 
Y'all, it was so terrible and awkward. Like two and a half hours of all these old heads who cannot sing, baby. It's giving get off the stage, okay? And someone who needed to get off the stage was Jeremiah. And guess what? Omarion kept saying, roll out. Oh, did y'all hear Omarion? He said, oh, no, stop. He said, hey, yo, stop. Hey, yo, stop. Omarion, you thought you were going to bring Jeremiah on your set to kill it. And he, mm -mm, he further put you in that ground. It was getting no, 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 no. I mean, listen. The pre, let's just go back to the pre-show. Okay, Ray J, absolutely not. Stop what you're doing. No notes sounded good. Pleasure P, you look so different. You probably put on like 50 pounds. You look like you just got like out of jail. You so cock diesel. And then you're singing in this very light voice. It's given we don't remember you from then. Like that it just it's not fitting. I don't want to hear that anymore. It doesn't match up. That R&B flavor is not matching up. I need you to slim back down and like match the aesthetic of what's going on. I don't like it. Um, and then there was Bobby Valentino, who was a total hit or miss because Bobby Valentino sounds good sometimes. And he has so many great hits and he can play the piano. But it's like that voice is not really it's not voicing. It's not giving that oomph that. You know what I'm saying? It's not really there. Um, I will give Sammy uh, the bronze award. He sounded the best out of the four of them. But I mean, if you sound the best out of Ray J, Pleasure Pete and Bobby Valentino, I don't know if you're like really doing anything, but he did have really good stage presence. I thought um, it was OK. But a grand finale, you guys, was Omarion and Mario. And like I said, shout out to all the millennials who grew up with B2K and Mario. Uh, this was one to watch, you know, if you could sit through the four hours. I mean, thank God for YouTube because I got to fast forward all the stuff I didn't want to see. Um, Omarion, I'm so disappointed. He came out with a watermelon and him and his brother were eating watermelon. It was giving very minstrel show. They were using it to like show that they were, you know, um, participating and eating a vagina. I don't know why they thought that raw demonstration would have been attractive or something that we would have enjoyed as a viewer. It was actually very gross. Um, and then he proceeded to hand the watermelon to a fan in the audience who had to hold it for the remainder of the show. Um, yes, I did notice that on YouTube because she kept holding it. And I noticed that she was asking the security or someone if they could like take it and the security didn't want it back. Um, so interesting prop. Um, Omarion still got the dance moves. You know, he brought out all those old school dance moves. It's given, I don't like, you know, the 2000s are given. Eee, I don't know. It was old. It was old and crusty. And Omarion, who is usually Mr. Unbothered about everything. I mean, I just think he could not, he could, he couldn't take the L. Um, Mario was fantastic. Um, and he still has his voice intact. Shout out to him. Um, his hairline was intact. The Beijing didn't have not one run, not one smudge. Uh, he listen, shout out to Mario for the win. Like out of all of the versus battles, I feel like this was a clear winner. 
um, out of every single versus battle that I've seen thus far. So shout out to uh, Swiss Beats and Timbaland for doing it once again for the culture. I am looking forward to the next versus. I see uh, Darnell talking about you want to see Beyonce. Who is Beyonce going to go against? Let's just talk about that. Like Beyonce has no one to battle hit for hit. There's no one there to battle. Um, I did hear, however, that Chris Brown is thinking about battling Drake. And so even though they're not necessarily in the same genre, they can go to battle hit for hit. So I think that would be good. Oh, Darnell Martin, Mariah Carey. Mm-mm. Her voice is not, it's not, it's not there anymore. It's not that strong. She did make an appearance at the BET Awards with Lotto, though. Um, and she sounded fantastic. But Mariah Carey is not, she's not, she would. Versus is beneath her, okay? Um, if you guys saw a clip of her ex-husband and baby daddy, Nick Cannon, he was talking about when Mariah Carey walks out the house, she, it's it's $100,000 just when she steps out the house alone between security, transportation, and everything else that goes with her. So listen, baby, Mariah Carey doesn't have time for Versus. Um but she she would be, you know, she's incredible. She's a legend. Uh, so speaking of the BET Awards, you guys, it was some mess and some drama that came before and after. Um, one of which was Diddy. He accepted the Lifetime Achievement Award. I love this award, you guys. And I love that um, we are really putting respect on BET for really honoring our, our Black um, artists. Because guess what? The Grammys wasn't giving us anything um, until recent times. So shout out to the BET Awards. This Lifetime Achievement Award is great. Diddy basically got up there and thanked everybody, all the influential women in his life, except for his new boo thing, who was in the audience holding up the Go Poppy sign. So shout out to Young Miami. Um, they're dating and having a good time. But... He received some criticism, you guys, because he thanked his ex-girlfriend, Cassie. Let's take a look. Oh, I hope we have a video. Do we? Maybe we don't, but let's see. Oh, okay. Well, maybe there's not a clip. Oh, my bad, you guys. Well, look, take the time to go look at it on YouTube. Listen, he thanked everybody. And young Miami was sitting in the audience with a big red sign and a beautiful red dress that said, go Poppy. And he jumped out there and said, I want to thank Cassie for being in there, you know, during my dark times. And then he thanked his deceased um, girlfriend slash baby mother, um, Kim, uh, Kim Porter, a dozen times. And he talked about how much he missed her and all of this. So he's still grieving that loss. Um, and so and I don't think there's any shame in that. But dang, like you didn't give Young Miami a shout out for nothing. Like you didn't have to thank her, but you could just be like, and shout out to my, you know, shout out to my homegirl, Young Miami. You know what I'm saying? Just a little something. Um, but listen, Young Miami, Carisha, baby, don't put yourself out there like that anymore, sis. Okay. He already told you, you guys are not dating. You guys are just dating. You're not boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, just listen, don't fall in love with, with the plug. Diddy is the plug for you, sis. Just relax. You guys are in a mutual agreement. 
um, for opportunity. You know, you're giving him clout, making him feel young again. You know what I'm saying? Getting him that young factor. And guess what? He's putting you on to, you know, opportunities. You got a whole podcast on revolt right now. You know, shout out to, you know, Carisha, please. And that's it. Just just chill, sis, because like Harry Jefferson said, he carried it. He definitely carried young Miami. Um, he's not going to keep you, sis. He didn't even marry Kim, okay? And you can tell he's living with so much regret. And to Darnell's point, absolutely play your role. Know your role. These young girls, they don't know their role anymore. So anyway, um, I also think it was a dig that he thanked Cassie because Kat, um, Diddy has been going back and forth with Cassie's husband um, on social media. So anyway, Diddy, stop what you're doing with that. Leave Cassie alone. Let her be with her husband and her her new family, her kids. You didn't wasted that girl's time for so many years. She didn't move on. OK, let her move on. Another person who needs to move on is Little Nas X, you guys, with the post and delete on Twitter. You guys know I love a good post and delete. Um, but little Nas X, you guys, is really tight because he's is slamming the BET award, saying it's not a coincidence that following the last few weeks of him going back and forth with BET for not nominating him for any awards, that BET would have two gay performers. They had Billy Porter and Saucy Santana um perform during the show. Shout out to Saucy Santana one time for the one time. He is doing so well. Um, he just had a performance with Madonna. Um, he is best friends with Young Miami. Y'all know I'm going to keep y'all young in this in this uh, here clapback, okay? But Saucy Santana, I just love him. I love his energy. He's really doing the most. So we're going to take a little bit of time to just uplift uh, Saucy Santana there. But Little Nas X, can we just show what he posted and deleted? He says, I believe y'all purposely missed points because y'all don't like me. You really think BET coincidentally let two gay black men perform for the first time after being called out? It's definitely giving I have black friends. Ugh. And then he went back to delete it. Lil Nas, guess what? You didn't get nominated. You didn't get nominated. And I don't even know what songs you have. And guess what? BET does it for the culture. So you can stay with MTV. MTV is going to give you your shine. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get all of that. And that's it. So I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I just really don't know what to tell you there. Um, I don't know. Well, look, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I have... I got to clap back at this abortion stuff, y'all. So we'll come back. We'll talk about it. And we'll talk about what it means for those living in the DMV. We'll be right back. When the pandemic hit, it did affect me. As a barber, I had my own personal reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. At the time, I didn't check the actual source. I thought the vaccine was developed too fast, but I was talking to a doctor and he was telling me more about the vaccine and what it could do to protect us and our family. I wanted to get back to that once was, right? I do feel safe knowing that I am vaccinated. I just hope what I'm saying is reaching into people's heads to know that this is the best decision for all of us. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse. And listen, I got a major clap back to Clapback tonight. So 
The Supreme Court finally let go of that decision and they are overturning uh, Roe v. Wade. And so what we thought was 50 years of settled law is not. Um, and everybody's talking about it. Um, but I'm thinking about it in a matter of being a district resident, right? So here I am living in the District of Columbia. We are not a state. We are just a jurisdiction. We have representation with no vote. Um, and so we are vulnerable to having the federal government and other Congress people who are anti-abortion and anti, you know, reproductive rights uh, make the decision to do whatever. And so um, I really loved um, Corey Bush's comments on this. So we have a clip. Um, it's a two minute clip. I want to play it. Let's play that and then we'll come back and talk. Congresswoman Bush, thank you so much for joining us. This is obviously incredibly personal for you. How has your own experience influenced how you viewed the news the last 24 hours? You know, it was a gut punch. You know, it was um, because I wasn't expecting to hear anything, you know, yesterday evening, wasn't expecting, you know, uh, for this draft opinion to be leaked. Uh, and but just to know now, like where this is he like to know for sure where this is headed. Um, I'm thinking about the 36 million women um, that this will affect um, those who uh, especially those when we talk about who is most directly impacted, who's impacted the most. We're talking about black and brown and indigenous and um, and uh, our LGBTQIA community members. And I am I'm broken about this because I remember when I, I didn't know that there was I didn't know that there was a world. Um, when I was 18 and I went through this, when I was 17 and I thought about it, and then 18 when I actually made the decision, I didn't know that there was a world where the option wasn't available. Yeah, look, if what happened to you when you were 17 and then 18 happens to a girl in Missouri in two months, if Roe versus Wade, Roe versus Wade is overturned, what recourse will she have? Exactly. Um, and so that's for us to um, th that's why we have to push back right now, because we know that the barriers to accessing abortion and other health, uh, care, health care services, you know, finding health care um, uh, is one thing. But then finding the child care, taking time off work, navigating the cost of transportation. Y'all, I mean, Cori Bush has highlighted everything that I wanted to highlight there. So here's the facts. 26 states in the United States of America are poised to ban abortion, leaving 36 million um, women without the right uh, to choose what they want to do with their reproductive health. And then there's no conversation uh, during a time in our country where shit is hella high, okay, that um, anyone's talking about childcare, that they're talking about housing, that they're talking about transportation, that they're talking about how am I going to feed this baby when it comes? How am I going to continue to go to work when this baby comes? How am I going to um, interact with this child's father if we don't have a good relationship? Um, 
I mean, do like is anyone having a conversation about family support? I mean, Cori Bush just told you saying said it without really saying it. She was 17 years old when she got pregnant and 18 years old when she had to make the decision. And she and and she never lived in a world um, where she didn't have a choice on what she wanted to do with her life. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to, because women are not making decisions to um it's, you know, to uh, receive uh, an abortion, which um, is an essential health care right and need. Um, but they're they're not doing so haphazardly. And I think when we think about the Supreme Court striking this down and overturning something that has been law for the last 50 years, it doesn't sit well with millions of Americans. Right. So you have a handful of people who are making a huge decision that is impacting America. And so we really have to think about our local elections. You guys, we have to vote all of these things turn into the other. Right. Because. If you don't vote locally, you won't be able to vote in the House or the Senate. If you don't vote for president, then you're not going to be able to have a say so who's nominated for the Supreme Court. And so we're looking at Donald Trump and all of his work playing out. We have a conservative Supreme Court um, by one by four years from four years of a president. Okay, and so. Oh, this is a lot to take in. Um, Corey Bush also mentioned something that I think a lot of um, has been in the headlines as well, is that what's next? Right. You know, where do we stand on um, same sex marriages um, and, and all of the legalities there? And is that something that is going to be questioned? Uh, so there's a lot standing right now. And I, right now, for those who are D.C. residents, it is still legal to um, be able to access abortions in D.C., Maryland and Virginia. But guess what? In D.C., you are still vulnerable because we are not a state. Um, and so here, local leaders are still continuing to fight for statehood. But again, I don't know how far that's going to go because we have a congresswoman who can't vote. Um, shout out to Eleanor Holmes Norton, who has been fighting the good fight for a number of years. Um, but right now we have other Congress people who will make the decision not only for district residents who they don't represent, um, but they also will be able to make decisions about D.C.'s funding um, because they have access to our funding. Uh, and so we have to think about all of these things. Um, and I know that in these 26 states uh, where this is beginning to affect um, disproportionately affect black and brown women, um, they're going to start flooding into other states, figuring out how they can get access to this healthcare need. And so we really need to do more. Um, I'm you know, pleased to see that so many people are out rallying um, and demonstrating for the cause. But again, <laughs> the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court. And this is really showing us where the power is. OK, and so we can demonstrate to our ass catch on fire, but it ain't no going back. And so we have to look at this from a local perspective and how we can do things state by state um, because they have pulled the law. And so we have to think what is next. Um, like I said, same sex marriages. There is some talk about Brown versus the Board of Education. And if we are rolling back time, you guys, I mean, 
what world are we living in? Um, so that's my show tonight, you guys. I wanted to come and just speak on a few of those things. We got a lot on our plate. We have a lot on our plate. Fourth of July is this weekend, you guys. I mean, are we here to celebrate America's independence with all of this going on? I don't know. Um, but I will wish everybody a happy fourth. I wish everyone a safe holiday weekend. Please enjoy your day off. Do something fun with family and friends. Eat some good food because uh, I just talked to Rodney. He told me we'll be fasting. Okay, so pray for me. <sighs> You know, I'm trying to get this health and wellness together, you guys, but I definitely want that grilled hot dog and hamburger with a little potato salad, some baked beans, you know, so I hope you guys have a good plate. If you do have a good plate, tag me in it on Instagram or send it to my DM so I can see it. Um, but I'll be back on Thursday, you guys, to talk about more of these headlines. So if you have something you want to talk about, pull up, let me know, and we'll talk about it next week. Until then, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J-U-L-E-S. You know what it is. And yeah, like I said, let's have a safe and fun weekend. Enjoy yourself. Peace. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.